0: don't tune out, because just because we look at a guy today in Scripture doesn't mean that you get to tune out, because Romans uh, 15.4 lets us know this, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So everything we read, even today, we look back in the Old Testament and look at it, they were written so that you could learn and that you could have hope, even if we find more mistakes sometimes with the guys, right, in the scripture today, it's for all all of us today. So I want to read, before we get started, Hebrews 11, we read this last week because of Samuel, and I'm doing a series this uh, summer called Summer with the Prophets, but Today we're looking at Samson, he's not a prophet. In the Bible he's listed as a judge, I'll mention that a little bit, but he's mentioned in Hebrews 11 in what we call the Hall of Faith, but I just want to read Hebrews 11, 32, 33, and 34, and it says this, but what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson, everybody say Samson, All right, so as we look at today, wait, Samson is in the hall of faith? All right, well, we'll get to see him today. And uh, Jephthah and also David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Well, Sam didn't stop the mouth of a lion, he tore them in two. Uh, Quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword. And here's the one part that I think fits Samson. Out of weakness were made strong. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle and turned to fight the enemies of the aliens. So Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews said, what more shall I say? And when I was reading this through Samson, I thought of all of these that he did, we'll look at today. Out of weakness, he was made strong. Now, as a kid, I probably had heard about Samson through Sunday school. And if I were to kind of describe what he looked like, what I would have thought of, I would have thought that he would have looked like what we see today in all these Avengers movies and all these Marvel, of the Incredible Hulk. I just kind of pictured this long-haired, muscular, tall dude. But then as I began to read my Bible, I thought, especially at the end where they come and cut his hair off, there's no guys that are going to rush into a room with a guy looking like the Incredible Hulk to try to fight him. Nobody's going to do that. When you're a bigger guy, you get out of a lot of scrapes. Why? Just because you're bigger. I always got a picture that Samson looked like any ordinary man except for the hair feature because since he was born, he never cut his hair. I wonder how long your hair would be. if you Think of all the money that you would save. Some of your hair colors would have several colors in it. You'd have multicolored hair because it would be so long. So that was one of the things about Samson. I see an ordinary looking man with long hair, but when the spirit of the Lord comes upon him, he can do mightily whatever's placed before him. So Hebrews wants us to remember to have faith in God's words for his directions and his promises. And like we'll look at today, in weakness, they were made strong. So God raises up in this period of time, judges, and a judge is not a prophet. A judge would be like a military leader or a civil leader of that day. And the reason God raised up a judge for Israel is this first verse in Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And it says, Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for how long? 40 years. But the one to look at is, and we see this all the time in the Old Testament, the children of Israel did what? Evil in the sight of the Lord. And typically that evil was worshiping other gods, following after their own heart, wanting to be like everyone else, wanting to worship other gods. But God comes on the scene, and here's what we need to know about our heavenly Father today. He doesn't just leave them on their own. They're doing evil in my sight. You know, we're just going to let them go the route that they go, and they'll be taken over because, no, God stops, and he's going to appoint a judge. And in particular, he's going to pick Samson. And for Samson, he's going to do what we see in a few scriptures. He's going to come down, and he is going to give a woman a child, but this child is going to have a special calling on him. In fact, we read that in verse 5. It says about this child, For behold, you'll conceive a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. So he's going to have this Nazarite calling. Well, what's that? He's going to drink nothing from the grapevine. He's going to have no haircuts. The lady was probably, oh, thank God, no haircuts. He cannot touch dead bodies or anything like that that would be unclean. But here's what he is. He was set apart for the work of God. So God interrupts time, appoints a judge, gives a child to this couple. And if you read uh, chapter 13 later, you can find out that God speaks... Uh, God speaks to the woman. The husband needs to hear it a second time, doesn't know if he really believes it. And then he has a few more questions. Well, well, tell me a little bit about his work. God always refers back that he's setting this child apart for a special work. Samson is to be used by God. But here's what we notice. Many of the times, he's going to act selfishly. He's not calling on God. God, what? What mighty act shall I? Do? What do you want me to do? He's going to act selfishly. In fact, we can say this about Samson: he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. That's one of the pictures that we get with Samson. You would have thought that this little child would have heard about the angel of God coming down and that he's unique and special. Uh, and honey, here's why the kids teach you about your haircut in the playground. I know you have longer hair, but you've been set apart, and God's going to use you. You know, stick stick with it. But He's going to do what He's He wants to do, and it's evident all throughout His life, and it actually will culminate with Delilah, not because of her, but through her. So I always look at this with Samson. Samson's first recorded words in our Bibles. Okay, ready for this one? Let me read it. Judges 14, 2 at the end. He says this to his mom and dad. I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me as a wife. The first words that we read, you know what Samson says? Get me that woman. That's what he says. Get me that woman. Wait, this God appointed judge of Israel that even earlier on, before we see any acts of Samson, the spirit of the Lord works upon him. He's going to have a mighty opportunity with Israel that what he says is get her for me. In fact, he says it again in verse three, Samson says to his father, get her for me, for she pleases me well. In fact, the English Standard Version says this, for she is right in my eyes. I don't know about you, but I believe it was my grandpa that told me when I was doing job interviews. And he says, you only get one chance to make a right impression, right? First impressions. Look somebody in the eye, shake their hand. Uh, Communicate when they communicate to you. Make, Make sure that you're spot on, right? First impressions are important. You dress right, you say the right things, you smell good, you have good eye contact, you shake hands, you say thank you, you ask about follow-up. All of us have probably heard something like that. So Samson's first words are like, get me that woman. Now here's what we read in the Bible. God isn't against intermarriage. But here's what he knows. If Samson marries a Philistine who worships other gods, his heart's going to turn. We see that in Solomon's life. Solomon had peace in the kingdom, but the way Solomon had peace is he would marry other nations' daughters. And the Bible specifically says they turned his heart. So Samson's weakness, though God will use this to come upon the Philistines, it's still interesting that the very first thing that he says is, is get me that woman. You know, Jesus mentioned something in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. In fact, the last part of it says this. For out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. The New Century Version says this. The mouth speaks the things that are in the heart. Have you ever dropped a brick on your big toe? Woo! Have you ever said anything? Where did that come from? I haven't said that word in 20 years. Well, somewhere in there in abundance. And it got out because you dropped that brick on your toe. Out of the abundance of the heart. Do you know a drunk always tells the truth? You ever notice that? Have you ever talked to a drunk person? They always tell the truth. They're, they're liquored up to where all they can say is the absolute truth. Well, Jesus reminds us out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So when we look at Samson's life, what's coming out of him from his heart is he's focused on this lady, right? I'm focused on this lady. Here's what the Bible says about Samson. Let me just read through. We, we know many of his things. But in verse 6, it reads this. And this is so powerful. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily. He did this. He killed a lion with his bare hands comes across some lion, roars at him, and you and I would have tried to do whatever to climb up some tree or do something. He attacks the thing and tears it in half. He kills 30 men and takes off all of their clothes and takes them to repay a debt. Have you ever tried to take off the clothes of a kid sleeping? Can you imagine taking the clothes off of 30 men? Again, got to undo the belt and the shoelaces, and, but he kills 30 men to pay off this bed. He catches 300 foxes, ties their tails together, burns it with a torch, and sends it through the field of the Philistines. I have a hard time catching my dog when it gets out. How did he do 300 foxes? The Spirit of the Lord had come upon him mightily. He kills 1,000 men, right, with machine guns. No, what a jawbone of a donkey. A thousand men. He rips off and carries the gates of the city on his shoulders and places it on a hill. And then at the end of his life, he kills 3,000 people. In fact, the Bible says he killed more at the end of his life than the beginning. Philistines. But here, when we look at Samson, it's very easy for us to look at his weakness. But one of the things that we need to do, what the scriptures tells us to do, is we look in our own self here. Every person has an area of weakness and vulnerability. What might be a vulnerability for you is not a vulnerability for anyone else. When we were first doing a men's breakfast here at the church, we had chosen a restaurant that we were going to do. It that had breakfast, and I had a gentleman in the church come to me. And he said, is there another restaurant you can choose? And I said, oh, what? you know, why? He says, because I gave up that place. You used to find me in there every night getting drunk. And I don't ever want to walk back in there again. Now, some might say, well, you need to get over that. No, you know what? He did not want to put himself in a position to be vulnerable. The first church that we pastored in Garden Grove, in fact, it was, a, we had a small fellowship hall and they had built an office on the stage, and it was my office. And I'll never forget getting a very loud knock on my door, and a very nervous young kid had come in and says, I need you, are you the pastor? Yeah, I need you to pray for me. What can I pray for? I'm going to go buy drugs. I need you to pray that I don't go buy drugs. Obviously I was thinking, wait, you just told me you're going to go buy drugs. Thought, Here's an honest person, right? I want you to pray for me because I'm going to go buy drugs. Somehow, some way, he felt vulnerable And he found a church and decided to knock on a back door to have somebody pray for him. I don't know what he went out to do, but I definitely prayed. Whatever tried to hook up or connection he was going to make didn't work. But we all have areas of weakness. And here's what I know. I guarantee you the enemy knows where it is. And what he likes to do is he likes to push the buttons and tempt us. And Paul reminds us, just remember that you can overcome those temptations But you've got to carefully guard that area of your life. As we read on with Samson, in fact, one of the verses when we get towards the end in Judges chapter 16, verse 20, when I read these, I really do. I almost want to cry because I'm reading about one of God's mighty men that did exploits. Has anybody here killed a lion with their bare hands? Okay, nobody's done it. Has anybody killed? Oh, don't say that if you've done that. Has anybody killed a thousand men with a job of a donkey? You, know, you go through these things and you look at, has anybody caught a fox? <laughs> yeah, I got bit. Yeah, you wouldn't do that. But it's easy for us to look into But Here's what the Bible says. Judges chapter 16, verse 20, and this is Delilah talking, and she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. I just read several things of what God did that we know in Scripture. Maybe there were other ones, but here's what we're told what we need to know. Here's what's sad. He didn't even know God left him. He thought he would do as he's done in times past. He didn't Even, no. Samson thought he was stronger than Delilah's questions. But he wasn't. Samson had lost his power with God, and somehow Satan found out the price. And let me let you know this. It wasn't just because of the hair. It wasn't the God of the hair. It was the presence of God on his life, and he didn't even know that it had left. We read on when he's captured, his eyes are plucked out. He's thrown at a mill to grind just like the mules or the donkeys or whatever they would use back then to grind up the grain. They decide at this feast to pull out Samson. The Bible says this, Judges chapter 16, verse 25. So it happened when their hearts were merry, this is the Philistines, that they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. And the Bible goes on to say, and he performed for them. We don't know what he did, but it was something to mock who he was, what he had done, what God had done through them. He didn't even know God left him. And now this mighty judge of Israel is performing for the ungodly. But we read this, and let me get to Judges chapter 16. Because what I told you before, first impressions, I remember hearing this years ago too, that last impressions are what stick with you. First impressions might get you the job, but it's the last impressions that you remember. Judges chapter 16 and verse 28, it says this. Then Samson called to the lord here's the last words that we're going to read of samson and samson called to the lord saying "O lord god remember me i pray strengthen me i pray just this once O god that i may with one blow take vengeance on the philistine for my two eyes and samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple And he braced himself against them, one on the right and the other on the left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all of his might. And the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. In fact, the end says that he judged Israel for 20 years. First impressions, I always heard. First impressions get you the job. Last impressions is what people remember. You know what I think is important for us to remember about Samson? Is in the middle of the mess, what does he do? He calls to the Lord. Now, remember, it's not the strength, is not just in his hair. The Philistines should have been smarter to say, hey, the boy's hair's grown. We need to shave his head again. We don't want that strength. The strength was in the Lord. So let's. Jump forward here for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. We read this every week. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's who we look to. We look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus' first... Words. You know what they are? He's 12 years old. He's been missing for three days. In fact, we read in Luke chapter 2, verse 49, his parents ask, Where have you been? Where have you been? And she, he says these words Didn't you know that I would be about my father's business? First words What's a 12 year old up to? He's about his father's business. Business. There's probably not a better prayer for us to say every morning when the feet get out of the bed and hit the floor, when the coffee's percolating, that our mouth and our prayer for that day, Father, let me be today about your business. I want that example of Jesus at 12. Jesus also says something very interesting. First words after resurrection. You know what they are? Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? You should have been excited for what has taken place. And then he says this, he goes on and he says, who are you seeking? I think that's a great word for us today. Why are you weeping? You ever get stuck sometimes? You ever get stuck and wonder what's happening and wonder why you're not getting out and maybe you get a little weepy? We don't use that nowadays. You know, today I'm just feeling a little weepy. We don't use that word. Why are you weeping? There's no reason to weep. In fact, we read this in the book of Revelation. He's going to wipe away every what? Every weepy little tear. He's going to make sure those things are all wiped away. But then he asked her two things. First words after resurrection. Why are you weeping? He asked her this. Who are you seeking? Can I ask you that today in your life? Who are you seeking? Who are you following after? Is it the looking to Jesus? Because when we read all this stuff about Samson, Jesus isn't like that. His first words at 12 weren't, get me that girl as a girlfriend. He didn't say that, right? He didn't say that. He doesn't say anything like that. Jesus isn't like that. Samson's controlled by his impulses. Jesus is submitted to his father's will. Samson was so strong on the outside when God's spirit came upon him. Jesus was so humble on the outside. But let me tell you, he's so much stronger than Samson on the inside. Here's what we're, we're amazed at the physical strength of what Samson did I love that one song, the verse of that one song that says, I stand amazed at the presence of Jesus the Nazarene. He's the one that I go to to say, and that's a question for me, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? You know, one of, and In fact, there's probably a little bit of a toss-up, but we read at the end of Revelation, when we talk about some of the last words, written that Jesus says, is this words, surely I am coming quickly. God, do you have a watch? Because my watch, it's just, it sure doesn't seem like you're coming quickly. It sure seems like you're taking your own sweet time. Can't you hurry up? Do you ever have people that if they're coming over to your house, you just know they're going to be an hour late. You can just, you can, you, no, 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 let's not even start the food. They won't be here for anymore. you can just tell, right? Hour on the dot. You ever have people that are early every time? You just know, we better have all the house cleaned up, because these guys show up like three hours early. Jesus, I'm coming quickly. In fact, he goes on before he says that. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the beginning and the end, but I'm coming quickly. So when we look at Samson and we look at Hebrews, we're to look at and say, in weakness, they were made strong. Let's wipe off the weepy and tap into the strength that Jesus had. Let's be people that he's not going to have to ask us the question, hey, who, who are you even seeking? No, I'm seeking after you because surely I'm coming quickly. Bow your heads if you would with me today. Lord, we remember in the scripture that today is the day of salvation. That there's nothing more important in your eyes and in your hearts as your people. You've proven it over and over and over again in the scripture. Even when Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and turned their hearts to worship other gods, you intervened and wanted to come down. So, Father, we thank you where two or three are gathered, your scripture says that you're here. And we thank you that when you're here, Lord, we need to be mindful that you're also mighty to save. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, one of his last words recorded in our Bible, is, surely I'm coming quickly. We read earlier on what, what it said, today's the day of salvation. We don't want to be people that put it off and put it off and put it off. Because he is coming quickly. And he's not wanting any to be lost. In fact, the Bible says he's so long-suffering, God is, that he wants everyone to come to repentance. So if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you've been running a complete other direction... My prayer today is that today's the day of salvation in your heart. That you come back to him. that in seeking him, the Bible says, you will find him. I would like all of us to pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe, in Jesus. I believe, that, he lived I
1: believe that he lived.
0: And that he died for me
1: and that he died for me
0: but he rose again
1: but he rose again
0: i accept him today
1: I accept, I accept him today.
0: today as my lord
1: as my lord and
0: my savior and my savior jesus jesus thank you for coming into my heart thank you for, for coming
1: my into my heart
0: thank you for giving me new life thank,
1: thank you for giving me new life. new
0: life and thank you for forgiving me thank, thank
1: for forgiving you for forgiving me, me.
0: of all my sins
1: of all, all my sins. sins
0: in jesus name
1: in jesus name Amen. Amen. If
0: you prayed that prayer today, please, at the end of service, come up and, and see one of us just to connect. Or even if you prayed that as an opportunity to come back to the Lord, come so that we can connect and pray. Well, stand with me if you would. We're going to sing uh, a song in closing, and then I want to come back, and I want to pray over all of our dads that are here today before we're dismissed. Bless the Lord, O oh my
1: soul. Every sin forgiven, and I will bless your holy name. Bless the Lord of oh my soul, A crown with love and kindness. And I will bless your holy name. Bless Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All truth you find and find in you. Let me give one more time.
2: in Nashville I was there for um, our denominations convention and I ran into Walter's youth pastor I've met him a couple times his name is Mark and so we started chatting we had a good old time reconnecting and we took a picture so I could send it to Walt hey look who I saw and uh, Mark proceeds to tell me this story and he said I'll never forget the time Michelle When I took the youth to Six Flags, to Magic Mountain, Walt was one of his sidekicks. Walt was one of his favorites. And they were at Six Flags and they were getting on this ride and there was this group of kids, young adults, that um, they looked a bit rough. This is how Mark tells the story. And uh, they were just going to cut in the line in front of a bunch of other people. And Mark says, now, Walt's big. He's all, and he was big back then. And I looked at these kids and told them, you're not cutting in the line in front of these people. And he said, I knew I had Walt behind me. So I knew everything was going to be okay. He's also, I stepped aside and I pushed Walt out. (laughs) Well, when Walt was preaching this morning, I had this picture, and some of you need to hear it today. Some of you men in this house need to hear it today. You've been pushed aside and set aside. Because whatever the circumstances are, people have stepped in front of you and just made their way. Taken from, and you've been set aside. The Lord wants you to know today. He's your Walt. He's your Walt. He's got your back. And he says, I've got this covered. Don't worry. I've got your back. You've got a Walt behind you. And his name Is Jesus, Amen, and He's bigger than anybody you know, Amen. He can lift more than you can lift, Amen. He can lift more than any guy in the gym that you go to can lift, Amen. He's got my kids laugh when I say this, and they can laugh again today. He's got your six. (laughs) He's got your six. He's got you covered. So fathers, men in this house today, we believe in the God that's got you covered. So you have nothing to be concerned about. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, to all the dead, you know, one of the things, we don't read in the Bible about Father's Day. Nowadays in our nation, we've got Donut Day, Hot Dog Day, and like every day there's some new day. I wanted to read this. There was a story about the worst Mother's Day gift ever given. It was in the Houston Chronicle, and it was a man. His name was Jerry. He gave his wife on Mother's Day an iron, an iron you know, to iron the clothes. He got the clear message on Father's Day when she gave him an ironing board. <laughs> There was a little boy when he went on to explain about Father's Day. He said, it's just like Mother's Day, except you don't spend as much on the present. (laughs) Let me read you this verse, though. And this is for all our fathers. And this is what's so important. Proverbs 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. If there's anything that fathers today need, the number one attribute is the fear of the Lord. In fact, Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Notice what it says. And his children will have a place of refuge. You know, Jesus went on, in fact, uh, and I know it's not in this. Jesus went on and he said, don't call anyone on earth your father. There's only one, and that's your Father God. That's what Jesus had said. But Psalm 68, 5, the last verse, the Father to the fatherless and a defender of widows is God in his holy habitation. For all of us today, regardless of our father, our earthly dad, regardless of what they did, who they did, if they were absent, if we didn't even get to meet them, We have a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, and it's God in his holy habitation today. But I want to pray over all of our dads today. So, Lord, we thank you for a day in our country that we honor our dads. We bless them today. And, Lord, we pray that prayer as we read out of Proverbs 1 that the attribute that we want to see in our dads is they fear the Lord. They honor the presence of God. And whatever weakness they might feel they have, you can take the weakness and make them strong. And so we bless them today. We honor them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 Okay, a couple quick things. One, all of the dads, we have a dad's root beer for you. Come on up and get one. Uh, If you needed to take one to somebody, that's fine today too. Second is, please stay after. We are going to have a cake celebration for the Martin family next door. You do not want to miss and start your afternoon or your day out with a big piece of cake. But would you bless them today with your words? If those of you, if you didn't get a chance to bring a card like we had been announcing, please, you can get it to us this week or this next week so that we can get it to them. But the Lord bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next door for cake. Have a great day. God bless you.